This is the takeover. And I don't mean no goddamn hover. Yeah, the Cardinal is a fool with it. <laughs> Strike a pose, bitch. Yes, sir. Notice that you don't hear the voice of unreason. You don't hear the voice of the lowdown Darians. You don't hear garbage reincarnated. Because the Cardinal has gone against every corner boy network protagonist. Or whatever the hell that means, because I'm the protagonist. But I've gone against the suits. And I have taken this bastard over, and the Cardinal is doing a solo show. You don't hear that garbage jungle crap that my sorry co-host plays at the beginning of the show. Oh no, and you won't hear that garbage here this way. Not today. Not on the Cardinal's day. Now damn it, I know you didn't hear the show posted on Sunday. Well, let's just say the Cardinals had things to do. Like watch the WWE Money in the Bank. And I'm going to get to that because that's one of the topics tonight. But yes, the Cardinal will be doing a solo show. I am here all alone along with BG. Listen to this now. I turned my co-host on to uh, BG and the Hot Boys and he hasn't been the same since. But anyway, uh... Strike a pose, bitch! I am Cardinal Dave. I am the leader of the Church of the Conspiracy. And everybody knows by now that when you come to my church, I will make you famous by simply one phrase. Strike a pose. You know what I'm saying? And hey, everything is fixed from sports to politics. You know, y'all know that's the phrase. And when I say strike a pose, I'm making you famous. Just like that runway model that walks across the stage. The paparazzi looks at her stinking ass and they say strike a pose and she does it. And then they slap her, tell her to go home because she's a monster from hell. Well, anyway, check it out, man. Yes, there will be hard language in this show. You may never even hear this show. Because the suits of the Corner Boy Network don't want the Cardinal to be rocking this mug like the uh, Cardinal's Coop. For those who need to know about the Cardinal's Coop, then uh, I'll tell you that on a later date. But uh, anyway, I'll get back to all that. You don't hear my co-host. He will not be here uh, this evening for this show because he is busy doing whatever stupidity in Atlanta he does with them damn food Darians and that silly fruit booty troop that he runs around with. I got or whatever the hell their phrase is. But anyway, check this shit out. The Cardinal is going to break some stuff down tonight. Don't think that we're going to have a boring show. Oh, no. I'm sitting here watching my Tigers right now. One to one, seventh inning against Oakland. Quit bullshitting around and get down to it. Tonight's topics, we're going to talk about the one and only Transformers for Age of Extinction. The review. Of course, the Cardinals saw the preview on Thursday. I have seen all Transformer uh, movies before they come out. Why? Because I'm a VIP in my own mind. 
But anyway, check this out. So we're going to do the Transformers review. Let you know whether it was yay or nay. I want to talk about the NBA draft briefly, but more so on your and my Detroit Pistons and the death that is coming to that team uh, in the 2014-15 year. They are going to stink like major ass. And uh, the Cardinal plans to break that on down. But um, right now you hear the gorillas in the background. Listen to this shit, bitch. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Yo, R.I.P. the Bobby Womack. Because Bobby Womack did a track with the gorillas. Passed away this week. So we give a shout out to Bobby Womack. Other topics the Cardinals going to get into. Last night's pay-per-view. WWE Money in the Bank. John Cena, that bastard. He's back as the champion. I got to break that down to y'all. I got to give y'all a Hell's Kitchen update. Because I got to talk about the blackness. We got some Negro girls on Hell's Kitchen that are putting in work, and we're gonna talk about that. They're down to the final six, and there are two Negro girls there. And by the way, we use racially offensive language on this show, and we will be getting into the racial word of the day. You know our racial slur database, we, we keep it going because we know the race war is coming, so we want to give you as much ammunition as you need, okay? So the Cardinals are also going to go into the World Cup and talk about why the uh, U.S. is about to uh, get their ass kicked. And uh, I want to start off tonight, I want to talk about, uh, uh, I'm going to mention Serena Williams a little later, and, and she just went out, lost at Wimbledon, third round. I think she lost in the first round at the, uh, at, what was it, U.S. Open or whatever the hell. Hey, look, I'm going to get into Serena in a minute, but it, it might be time for her big ass to sit down. Now, I wish that I was the chair that she was going to sit down on, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, the Cardinal wants to, uh, right now, I need to, uh, I need to talk about Something that has made national news over the past week. A lot of people got into it. A lot of people have opinions on it. A lot of people are upset. And that is the no-fly zone that Brother Trick Trick has going on in Detroit. Let me break this down. Let me hold on. I'm going to turn this shit down. Okay, I'm not like my co-host. He blasted damn music. Okay, check this out, man. For those who don't know, rapper Trick Trick, Detroit-based rapper Trick Trick, has his crew, the Goon Squad, and they have, well, Trick Trick mostly has a situation called the No-Fly Zone. So basically, if you are a rapper who's not from Detroit, and you come to Detroit, and you perform, and you don't give Trick Trick a call, then your show will be invaded by Trick Trick and his goon squad, and you probably won't make it to the stage, and if you do, you probably won't be performing too much longer. Because, let's, let's, let's take a look at what happened over the past week. Now, Rick Ross went to Shane Park to perform, 
Now, I think they had Scarface. They had some other people. They were, they were performing. Everything was cool. I guess Rick Ross was headlining. How the hell Rick Ross is headlining over Scarface? That's something I need to talk to the people at Shane Park about. But anyway, okay, this asshole for the Tigers just dropped the damn ball. Stupid bastard. But anyway, how... Okay, never mind Rick Ross headlining. Forget that. Excuse me, I just swallowed some snot. It was actually tasty. Tastes like that Chinese food I just ate. But check this out, man. So Rick Ross was about to come to the stage, and he was greeted by about 100 of Trick Trick's quote-unquote goons who would not let him come to the stage because he did not contact Trick Trick on his way to the stage or on his way uh, coming into Detroit. Now, this set off some sparks all throughout hip-hop, and not just hip-hop, everybody on Facebook had comments about it. And they were talking about, mostly, people were talking about how they were against what Trick Trick did, and how this gives Detroit a black eye, and all of that. And I will say that, yeah, it's something that people outside of Detroit would look at and say, oh, well, there goes those niggers again. But of course, the Cardinal is going to give you the real take. And my take is simply put, I don't have one red iota of a problem of what Trick Trick did. Trick Trick is setting history in motion. Whenever something needs to get done, does it usually get done through bureaucratic channels? No. Let me ask you something. When Farrakhan and uh, 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 the, the other ministers, I can't remember their name, when they set up the Million Man March, did they uh, confer with Mr. Clinton? Did they confer with his wife? Well, you know, Clinton was too busy shooting uh, on uh, Monica around this time. But was he, did, did he confer with these people? Did he sit down with Congress? Did he uh, get together and, and, and let uh, the uh, city know so that they could zone off certain uh, uh, areas and, and, you know, that kind of thing? No. He said, we're going to meet on the mall, and two million people showed up on the mall. I wonder if Dr. King, that's right, I'm comparing Trick Trick to Dr. King. I wonder if Dr. King got together with folk and said, uh, hey, when we uh, meet on the mall over here in uh, uh, Washington, you know, we're going to need a space for about 800,000, 800,000 people. No, they just showed up and did it. Whenever something needs to get done, you do it and you worry about the consequences later. Trick Trick and me being a former underground artist of Detroit, okay, people uh, 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 in the underground or, or Detroit artists are tired of not getting radio play. We're tired of having other artists basically just come to Detroit, don't let none of the local acts open up, and then they just, you know, get paid and leave. Trick Trick's whole thing is, no. You know, y'all gonna come here and 
y'all gonna respect the artists that are here. I don't care if you hear, and everybody's talking about, oh, well, Trick Trick, he, it don't matter, he still got paid. That's not the point, he still got paid. The bottom line was the message that was being sent. And I'm going to tell you something. If you got about a hundred people outside, and speaking of a local artist, uh, check this out right here. This happens to be the one Ultra Madness. Singing that Black Matrix. This is the shit, bitch. See, Rick Ross would have never let Ultra Madness perform. So we need a nigga like Trick Trick. To show up and put in work. But yeah, so look, the bottom line is Dr. King, Farrakhan, Trick Trick. That's all I need to say. You know, when you need something done, you go out and you do it. And then you worry about the consequences later. Because usually when they, because see now people are talking about it. People are talking about it. So, I guarantee you, the next artist that comes to Detroit, oh, there's going to be a phone call made. And if there's not, there's going to be a blockade. <laughs> so, uh, strike opposed to all of that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, shout out to Trick Trick. I, I am proud of you, Brother Christian Mathis. Continue to hold the torch. For all of the Detroit artists, and uh, you have some support down here in Atlanta via the east side of Detroit. But anyway, that's enough of that. But, um, you know, uh, yay, trick, trick. Hold on a second. Y'all notice how effervescent it is right now? a co-host here stanking up the pl- I don't like him and the bastard is not here listen to this shit right here check this out now pour me a drink yeah okay I digress transformers Age of Extinction. The fourth installment. Everybody knows that the Cardinal is a Transformer head. Okay? I am a Transformer nut. I was a fool with the cartoon. The cartoon movie. And, you know, and yes, Michael Bay's movies, you know, although they have had a few flaws... They have been generally entertaining in regards to... I'm talking about the Transformers. I ain't talking about this other movie. First Transformers, a decent start. Okay? You didn't do Soundwave any justice because, well, he wasn't in it. But I don't want to talk about the second one, Revenge of the Fallen, because that was absolute garbage. Should have never been made. The third movie, a lot of action. You still fucked up Soundwave's voice. Soundwave talked in a voice coder. He talked in a voice coder in 1986. Okay? When it wasn't even cool to be in a voice coder. Okay? Now, Lil Wayne and all these jokers, they don't do nothing but voice code. And he has Soundwave talking like the damn Crypt Keeper. You know? 
So, uh, forget that. And now we, let's move on to the fourth movie. Um, the Cardinal went to the premiere. I saw it. I was generally pleased in regards to the action in the movie. You know, had just as much action as part three. What it did not have was Unicron. For those who remember, which I know you do, Unicron was the giant planet killer transformer. He was the size of a planet. And this is what all the transformer geeks have been waiting for. Unicron. And there was no Unicron. They gave hints, but they didn't come with the goods. So that pissed me off naturally. I sat through the credits because I was hoping at the end they were going to give us a teaser. They didn't. Okay? Now, let's talk about what was in the movie. Just a few pluses. Number one, Shia LaBeouf, who, by the way, was arrested, you know, recently. I guess he was so pissed off and he's gone through a, a, a drug-laden spiral down to hell that he wasn't in this uh, Transformer movie. And he was uh, so appalled or, or so offended at how great Mark Wahlberg was that uh, he is just basically his life is going in the toilet right now and he can thank Michael Bay for it and I would like to applaud Shia for not being in the fourth movie and for getting arrested so that uh, we don't have to deal with your ass anymore Mark Wahlberg did a good job he was decent you know I mean he was you know he's a general you know likable character he can get off you know being funny but being serious at the same time, not goofy and stupid and, you know, with hijinks like uh, Sheila Booth. But anyway, you know, his daughter wasn't annoying. She can get it, by the way. Little 19-year-old blonde chick. And uh, she was good. Everybody was, you know, the, the humans in, in the movie were good. Stanley Tucci was outstanding, you know. So the humans weren't irritating like they have been in the first three movies. But... You know, I, I I will say this. I really am looking forward to, and I know that I said I'm going to give you a review. I just said that I liked it, goddammit. Go see it. That's my review. Now, I just want to talk about where I think this thing needs to go into the future. If they're going to do a Transformers 5, it needs to be in space. Okay? Although the humans were better in this one, the only way to really introduce Unicron is to take this bitch back to Cybertron. That is the Transformers home. Take it back to Cybertron and just do your thing in space. Come back to Earth once Unicron, y'all, bring him into the movie and he says, I'm going to go to Earth and, and eat this motherfucker up. Then y'all can come back to Earth and, and, and do something. But there has to be an introduction to Unicron in this movie, you know, and I've, I've had enough of the fact that he hasn't been in it. So enough with that. You know, I'm, I'm pleased with the movie. I'm telling y'all to go see it. You know, it made a hundred million dollars over the weekend. You know, they didn't give a card, the Cardinal, any of that, but you know, never mind. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, before I get to the WWF or WWE Money in the Bank uh, results, I do want to go to our racial slur database. This is an actual website, uh, rsdb.org. You can go there and you can bone up 
on all of your racial slurs. They got them for blacks, whites, Jews. They got them for Chinese, Japanese, Mexican. I don't care what you are. There is a racial slur or five for you. Uh, racial slur of the day. It's for blacks. Go figure. Jigaboo. What is a jigaboo? I mean, this even comes with definition. Very dark-skinned black people. Usually used among lighter-skinned African Americans to refer to ones of very dark complexion. It means when you start making the comparisons, just like they did in school days. Spike Lee. Made popular in the 1975 movie Cooley High, which is true. Shout out to Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. Okay. And uh, often shortened to jig. You know, and speaking of dancing a jig right here, uh, we got some of our Mexican homies in the house. This is Talia. Kick that shit, girl. The Cardinal is universal, bitch. That means you will hear... See, you don't... I told you, you don't... We come with jungle music with my podcast partner or my co-host. No, 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 no. The Cardinal is universal. You've heard local uh, Detroit legend, Ultra Madness. You just heard some Soundgarden a minute ago. We started off with BG. And now you hear Talia kicking Pango as suerte me. Woo! You didn't know the Cardinal can uh, speak Spanish, did you? Well, anyway, uh, uh, let's move on. So that's your racial slur today, Jigaboo. So when you see a black person walking down the street, just walk up to him and call him a fucking Jigaboo. It's the slur of the day, okay? And it's whatever day you're listening to this show. So if you're listening to this show four weeks from now, okay, that word still applies. Okay, uh, I want to briefly make mention to the uh, uh, the Oakland A's just scored two to one eighth inning. Thank you, Detroit Tigers. You fuck ups. I understand why the Tigers keep they they can beat anybody they want on the road, and then they come back home and they play like shit. Anibal Sanchez. Let me go to the racial slur database and find a word for you. There's about 300 of them. Fucking asshole. There's one right there. And there's that snot, too. We can give that to him. Okay, I, I'm going to talk about this briefly. This, this is going to be short and sweet. I, You know, my co-host likes to believe that he is the uh, NBA connoisseur or whatnot. So I will let him go into the entire draft. I just want to make mention to your and my Detroit Pistons. Because everybody out there is a closet Detroit Piston fan. Whether you want to admit it or not. Bad boys rule bitch. Wait, so anyway, man. The Detroit Pistons with the 38th pick in the draft. Which was their first pick. Because they didn't draft in the first round because of a dumb-ass deal they did with Michael Jordan. And uh, there's Michael Jordan fleecing the Pistons again. 
With him and the Charlotte Bobcats and Ben Gordon. We gave Charlotte a number one pick for Ben Gordon's sorry ass who came here and did nothing. So that number one pick went to Charlotte this year. Charlotte drafted them a future all-star. And we drafted, wait for it, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Colorado Rockies. Yay fucking yay. The name are not actually the Rockies. It's the baseball team. I'm watching baseball. I can't remember Colorado's name. I'm going to give a damn. And here's an ironic twist to that. Just to draw a little connection. The great Chauncey Billups also went to Colorado. Hmm. The Pistons released Chauncey today, by the way. So there's uh, there's enough uh, enough with that history. Okay, they should have never brought him back. He only averaged 3.8 points a game. You know, I mean, hey. But you know, anyway, man. Bottom line is, you know, we have six foot six point guard Spencer Dinwiddie. Now he's probably a decent player. I didn't get to see Colorado that much because, well, I'm in fucking Atlanta. Okay, but I will say this, there has to be something special about a player who misses the last 18 games of the season because he ripped his fucking ACL. That's right, old bad knees Spencer tore his shit the fuck up. And that was the Detroit Pistons dumbass cue to go ahead and draft him. Even though Joe Dumars is gone, that motherfucker's ignorance is lingering about. Stan Van Gundy steps in and just picks the baton up and runs his fat porn mustache ass right around with it. Congratulations, Van Gundy. Congratulations, Tom Wilson. Congratulations, whoever the hell else is in charge of the Detroit Pistons and their bullshit. So now, we, now, we want to draft a point guard. Yeah. Because we certainly didn't have the opportunity to draft a point guard last year. Uh, Trey Burke. Uh, uh, damn near rookie of the year. Uh... All-Star, uh, Utah Jazz, yeah, remember that Pistons, you stupid fucks, you could have had Trey Burke, we could have been a slightly better team, and maybe we might have found something else with the 38th pick this year, but dumb fucks do what dumb fucks do, and the Detroit Pistons are some dumb fucks, okay, so, that's all I'm going to say about that. I, you know, they're dead. Okay? That is a dead team. Okay? You ever play fancy football? And we'll be having some shows about fancy football coming up. The Cardinal uh, went to three championships last year. Won two. Was cheated in the third. But, uh, you know, hey, I'll be kicking my co-host's ass again for the third year. But... I mean, the Pistons, you know, when you play fantasy football, sometimes you have people like my Coles who quit in the middle of the season 
and they have what's called a dead team. They ain't setting a lineup. They ain't doing shit. That's what the Pistons are. They don't even need to set a fucking lineup. Seriously. I mean, you you could just run out there. It doesn't matter what combination of five you run out there. And they're trying to get rid of Josh Smith. Yeah, you think so, you stupid fucks? Everybody screamed about bringing that damn fool here. They came, they, they ran him out of Atlanta. Okay? And Atlanta needs all the good players they can get. Okay? They got chicks who play on the Atlanta Dream who the 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 Hawks are probably trying to recruit because they suck ass. They'll be right behind the pistol. I don't care if they made the playoffs last year or not. I don't care if they scared Indiana in the first round or not. We all saw the fraud that Indiana is. You know, but the bottom line is this. The Pistons are a dead team, a dead organization. They are nothing. I would not be surprised if those bastards won 13 games this year and 12 of them after they were spotted 20 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, seriously, man, I, I, I'm getting nothing out of them this year. And guess what? Neither should you. I want you to listen to this right now because uh, we had a rap contest this year. Uh, 128 MCs got together. And you, you, the ignorant masses who listen to for show. And I guess I talk about the listeners. You're a bunch of idiots. You're morons. Okay? Because most of you side with my co-hosts, so they're therefore you're assholes. Okay? But uh I want you all to listen to the the one lone MC who came out of this thing unscathed and destroyed nasty Nas in the championship. His name, Chris Parker. KRS one Listen to that. That's why he won. So I don't want, and there's still some people bitching and arguing about, oh, you shouldn't have shut up. Okay? So anyway, I just wanted to give KRS his D. Alright, what does the Cardinal want to go into right now? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about this briefly because, you know, and look, I know a lot of you are not fans of the WWE. Wrestling is fake. Wrestling is... Hey, asshole. So is fucking uh, Scandal. Okay? So is the movie Training Day. So is the fucking Terminator. But guess what? You still watch them and you're still entertained. Why? Because it's entertainment. Okay? Everybody knows it's fake. That's not the, the fucking discussion here. Watch it and be entertained, assholes. It is a male fucking soap opera and it's fucking great. Alright? If you stinking ass women can sit up and watch Scandal, then let the niggas watch WWE. And that's right, I use the N-word. If the NAACP can use colored in their stupid ass slogan, 
then the Cardinal can use the N-word, and I'll use it until the NAACP drops the damn C. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm going to use that word long after they do it. Because <laughs> Lord knows they're not going to fucking do it. But who cares? So, the bo- oh, Oakland has bases loaded. Ah, fuck the tiger. Okay. You know, listen. WWE Money in the Bank. That was the pay-per-view last night. And John Cena won the championship. Now, it's the first time they ever had to, had to Daniel Bryan, as you know, had to vacate the title because of a real-life injury. For all of y'all say the shit is fake, which it is, but you can get hurt real fucking bad in the stunts. So Daniel Bryan got injured. And the authority, Triple H and his wife, Stephanie McMahon, who can get it, by the way. Stephanie McMahon is one thick, white, (laughs) okay, she can get it. But the bottom line is this, man. They had eight competitors who fought in a ladder match. If you don't know what a ladder match is, simply put, they got a couple of ladders outside the ring. They got a really big ladder in the ring. The championship belt is suspended above the ladder. You climb the ladder, you get the belt. Plenty of times there were folks climbing a ladder, the ladder getting pushed over, folks falling over the, uh, over the ring and all of that. But what pisses me off is that John Cena, and I knew he was going to win. Because he is the biggest draw in the WWE, even though people are sick of him. Sick and fucking tired of him. And I, I'm leading the fucking brigade for that. Okay? But I knew they were going to put the belt on him. Okay? So, they went on ahead and did the obvious. You know, see, here's the, here's the problem. You know, I mean, the, 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 the overall pay-per-view was good. Okay? It was plenty of entertainment. You know, John Cena won his uh, title. Yeah, la, la. Seth Rollins stepped up, won the actual Money in the Bank briefcase. And what that means is he can cash that briefcase in. It's a contract inside the briefcase. So anytime that the championship is wrestling, like suppose that the champion just is getting his ass torn out the frame by somebody. Well, Seth Rollins, who won the Money in the Bank uh, 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 belt, uh, uh, briefcase, can run in the ring and pin John Cena, even though it's not his match. And he would win the title. So, you know, that's an important thing to have. And, of course, Seth Rollins is Triple H uh, and Stephanie McMahon's dog. He is the authority's uh, lap dog right now. Okay, so you've got that going on. You had, uh, uh, look, I'm not going through all the rest of the fucking matches. It was a good pay-per-view. Go to one of the illegal, uh, uh, sites. Uh, like, the Cardinal wouldn't do that. But there are plenty of sites out there where you can go and you can watch the uh, Money in the Bank for free and you can make your own damn judgment. So the bottom line is, you know, John Cena's the champion again, and we all have to sit through this bullshit, and I sincerely hope they put that belt on somebody else soon, because I'm tired of here, and I'm tired of Jabba Chamberlain is now in pitching, and, and here's another tough topic that's off the tie, I have to do this, because I'm watching the Tigers right now, I don't know why the fuck we would pick up a fat 
bearded piece of trash like Jobber Chamberlain or Joba Chamberlain. There's a base hit with bases loaded. They just brought two home. God damn it! Four to one A's. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, you know. This is what the Tigers do when they come home. They get their ass kicked by a team who, who was struggling for a minute, you know. Well, Oakland's got our fucking number. But our bullpen sucks. And you bring a fat Jabba. His, his name is right. Jabba the fucking hunt. Look at this fat motherfucker. What are you running home for? You ain't gonna stop nobody. Alright, it's enough with that. But anyway, um, I'm gonna wrap this up. You know, um, what didn't I talk about? I didn't finish my money in the bank thing because I don't give a shit, okay? You know, that's what the Cardinal does with this topic. I change my shit in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Two things. I, I, I said I was going to mention Hell's Kitchen and World Cup. Okay, simply put, uh, the U.S. is going to get their ass kicked by Belgium. By the time you listen to this, I'm sure uh, Belgium will have already bent the U.S. over and kicked them right in the ass with Nam Vaseline. Why am I against the U.S. so much? Well, it's plain and simple. All of you uh, front runners and bandwagon jumpers and all this shit who never gave one fuck, not one fuck, about soccer. Now everybody in America's a fucking soccer fan and they are on the penises of the U.S. soccer team. Which is why I want them to fucking lose, because then that's going to prove my point, because the ratings for the next soccer, uh, uh, for, the, for the next few games, including the championship game of the World Cup, in America will be in the toilet. Now, worldwide, it's going to be the most watched thing on the planet. Because they care about soccer. We don't give a shit. We need to stop acting like we give a shit. And we need to stop acting like we are supposed to be the best at everything. We're the best at basketball. The best at fucking football. We're not the best at tennis. Because Serena keeps fucking losing. And I said I, she needs to sit her big, pretty, big, soft, booty, pretty, booty. Sit that big booty. Sit it down. Although I love to see it standing up. Did you all see when uh, Serena had like crashed somebody's wedding and she was wearing a bathing suit? Google that shit. Okay? Serena in a bathing suit and it was like a like leopard print or something like that. Wasn't even a thong, but nothing but ass hanging out. I mean, you, you can't. I mean, you just have to find a, 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 a bottle of uh, Jergens and then, and, and, well, never mind. But anyway, the bottom line is this, you know, uh, Serena, I, I really believe that she just, she's, she's tired. Not tired looking or anything like that, because I just talked about her magnanimous ass, okay? But I think she's just tired of winning, and... Just like she said the other day, they're give, giving her the best every time she comes out there because they want to beat her so they can say we big, beat that big booty nigra, you know, and they will say nigra, you know. I think that, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that she can keep up with them, you know. I, I think she needs to do other things like show up in people's weddings and bikinis and booties, okay, and stuff like that. 
So anyway, that's what I was saying about Serena. Uh, and in regards to the World, World Cup, you bandwagon uh, fuckers, name me two people on the U.S. Uh, soccer team. That's what I thought. Okay, so that's enough of that. Okay, and uh, that's it. I think I covered all my topics. I think I did. I said I was going to mention something about Hell's Kitchen, you know. All I'm going to say is this. is six chefs left. Two of them are Negro Girls, Keisha, and Joy. Joy is actually winning the competition right now. And if Joy pulls this off, then it'll be the first time ever in Hell's Kitchen, not only that a black, well, what's the word for the day? Jigaboo. Not only did a Jigaboo win this year, but we had a Jigaboo win last year, okay? And she, too, had a nice ass. But she also had a big nose, and she used that to snort her way to the top because she didn't win the Hell's Kitchen bounty or the booty after the uh, contest because they drug tested her and found out she was full of cocaine. So, you know, that was, uh, that, that was that. So, if Joy wins, which I think she will, she's only like 24, 25 years old, little cutie too, she can get it, okay? The other one, Keisha, she couldn't get it because she's a big girl, but I'd do it just because she was on TV. So, the bottom line is this, man, you know, um, you know, good luck to Joy, and, uh, we are all, you know, pulling for you, you jigaboo you. So, that's all I'm going to say about that. If I said I was going to talk about anything else, well, you can just kiss my ass because I'm not going to do it. True Blood is back on. I I will end with this. I I will, you know, since I mentioned that. And I think my co-host would probably, you know, uh, like what I'm about to talk about. But, I I really, I don't like this homo, erotic, homo, sexual situation that True Blood is going into. The beginning of the second episode of of this season showed Eric and Jason, I guess Jason was sitting in church of all places, and was having a vision of him fucking Eric. And these assholes showed the shit. You know, I had to fast forward it. You know, I I, I just, I, I really, and I want to say this, and I mean this sincerely. I understand that, you know, we have people out there who do the same sex thing. We need more women doing that. But I, I understand that that's, okay, fine. That's y'all thing. I did can we, can we, get, get, true blood, can we go back to vampires, please, do, do we have to turn this, I mean, what, what is all this fag shit that's coming, I'm sorry, I use the F word, if I'm gonna say nigger, I'm damn sure gonna say faggot, what, what is this shit, why the fuck can't I just watch true blood and watch some fucking vampires kick some motherfucking ass and watch Sookie fuck half the damn neighborhood like she fucked everybody in Bon Ton. Men and women. She just does it. Why, 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 does, why do we have to watch these niggas? I, I'm tired of that shit. 
I don't know what, I guess because they can get away with the shit, and because I know that the homos run Hollywood, but god damn, can y'all please give us a fucking break? Jesus Christ. Alright, man, that's enough of that. You're tomorrow in the scene, old school in the background, everybody dance, bitch. We're gonna fade out with whatever the next song is. Turn that off. And it's only fitting that we end with a song called I Ain't Ashamed of Myself. Local hip-hop great from Detroit. Ultra Madness. I ain't ashamed of myself. Strike up hoes for a show, bitch. Strike a pose.